All right, welcome back. Just Outside Podcast. Me and Michael Vella are back. And we got a very, very special guest joining us today. I think if you've been in BMO and in the South Stand for probably the last decade, you've seen over, probably over a decade, you've seen this guy out there, man. We got Ellie Zedlin joining us, man. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm living the dream out here. <laughs> Just enjoying my Sunday and, and uh yeah, excited to talk to you guys. Long time listener, first time caller. Yes, man. We are pumped. We're pumped to have you, man. I know you're going to have some great insight for the people to hear about the club, kind of ins and outs of support, your supporters group. And so I've been looking forward to it. I know Mike's been looking forward to it too. So yeah, we're looking forward to this little chat we're having today, man. Excited. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. I'm really excited to, to chop it up with you guys. Yeah, so we got to start, but we got to take us back, man. Since we know you're a big soccer football fan, fanatic, so tell us, like, where'd it all start in the beginning for you? You're a youngster. So, so growing up in Toronto in like the '90s and early 2000s, like soccer still wasn't a big thing yet. Like, it, like lots of kids played. Kids played it. I didn't though. Like, I grew up playing baseball and hockey because I was born in '88. So, like, one of my earliest memories is watching Joe Carter win the World Series, uh, okay. yeah, and then yeah. watching like the next year, like the Leafs make that '93 run into the playoffs. So, like, I grew up idolizing, like, Joe Carter, Robbie Alomar, Doug Gilmore, Wendell Clark. Um, and I, like, kind of ignored football for for a, a long time. And, it, I like, I knew about it. It was sort of, like, in the periphery. So, my one of my best boys, his cousins are, are, are Spurs fans. So, like, when they would come over and visit him in the summer and, like, I'd meet them, they would tell us about, like, this this team called Tottenham Hotspur that, like, I didn't know about. And little did I know that that, like – in the end, that would sort of, that would be what led me into this crazy lifestyle. Right. Okay. Um, but it was sort of on the periphery. And then when I moved away to Montreal, I went to Concordia for university for the first couple of years. Um, and, uh, and my roommate or the, my neighbors above me in my apartment above me and the floor above me, um, they were big football fans. So and they had cable, right? Like we didn't have cable, we were broke ass students. So we would go and hang out with them. And like on Saturday and Sunday mornings, we all be like coming down off of, from whatever party we were at and or like nursing our hangovers and we'd be watching footy. Uh, and and they were they were like United fans. This is going back to like 2007. So I like, these guys were United fans and and Arsenal fans and Chelsea fans and like I was looking at these teams I was like yeah but like these teams are big spenders and they've got yeah. big stadiums and big you know deep pocketed sugar daddies like <laughs> like that's that's easy to support a team when when they're winning especially when you're like choosing which team to support yeah, and then I remembered Tottenham Hotspur and my cousins being or my buddy's cousins being like yeah they're the Yids and and that made me sit up and 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 listen because I'm Jewish so for me, I was like, oh, okay, this is the Jewish team. So I like, they all, that, they always sort of stuck out of my mind. And, I, and okay. when I started watching the EPL back in like 2007, um, you know, Spurs were okay. Solid mid-table team, nothing fancy, sort of like a, a kind of the butt of everybody's jokes. And as a Maple Leafs fan, I, that resonated with me. I get <laughs> yeah. that. Um, and as a sports fan as well, right? Like most yeah. sports fans, like, like, success and glory and 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 all and titles and championships like that's that's fleeting at best and that's at best right like 99% of the time it's heartbreak and that's where the beauty of being a sports fan is right it's loving something so much even though it breaks your heart but it's not about the 
the success. It's about like the family and the community. So, oh, yeah. so I was like, okay, here's like a, a club that I can get behind. Uh, and I got lucky. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like when I really started like following, following Spurs, like that was when Gareth Bale was sort of like starting to, to shine. And we had like, it was like starting to be an exciting team. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like all you guys, you support like the, the, the teams that have been winning shit. Like, this team hasn't won anything since 2008 and, and, and like before, and that like what the Carling cup, like doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like we haven't, we haven't really won anything. I've the Audi cup, the Audi <laughs> cup, all of those car cups, whatever you guys want. Yeah. Those are really lighting our, our, our cabinet right now, but, <laughs> but, but it's sort of like, you're the team that hasn't won anything since like the seventies, anything I've noticed since the seventies. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like I get these guys, like they, these are my kind of people. Because uh, I'm a glut for punishment, clearly, um, and and so that I started really getting into that and watching it with, with my with my neighbors, and like I really enjoyed the banter and I enjoyed mm. like the passion. I'm an old I'm an old squeegee punk from like Bathurst and Queen, right? Like yeah. like when I say I grew up downtown Toronto, I I grew right, up like, in the city, yeah. door, right? Like this this is my my streets, yeah. Um, and so in like the early 2000s, around the time of the 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 second war in Iraq, I was in like ninth tenth grade. And I had hair down past my shoulders and I wore like tight plaid pants and like a leather jacket. And I would go and clean windshields at Bathurst and Queen with the other like crust punks. And we would like buy 40s of like St. Ives and, and Old English from the beer store and drink them in the alley behind the, the Big Bop and then sneak in through the back and watch whatever punk show was there. And at the same time, I'm like really involved in the anti-war movement and the anti-poverty movement. And like, I was, I was like, like skipping class to like go to demonstrations and sit in on like uh trials for like protest leaders and stuff like i was radical wow. yeah. so when i discovered the stadium mm-hmm. i was like oh these are like my three favorite things it's sports yeah it's a little bit of a punk rock concert and it's a little bit of like a political protest like verging on a riot Very so i was true. like okay like yeah i found my happy place and okay. and as soon as i discovered like supporters I was hooked. Like, like I don't care about hockey. I couldn't tell you yeah. who's on the Leafs anymore, who's on the Blue Jays. So like, when, I, was I, that, when was that time? What was around that time? That happened between like 2007 and 2010. Uh, and okay. then I transferred to U of T um, in 2010. And, and, and I moved back to Toronto. And my buddy Rainer and I started going to, to games. Like we didn't have seasons. But we would just like pick up, and the team was so shitty back then that you uh-huh. could just pick up tickets, no problem. Yeah. And and it it like it wasn't really for us like necessarily about going and watching you know good football. It was part of like being part of something early on at that like the early ground yeah. ground level of of like a movement of yeah. of like a culture shift. And it was really exciting for us because we were also the only guys in our in our crew that liked footy. So, so we, we had each other and we had BMO Fields and TFC. And like, I, I remember, I think it was a game against a Champions League game against Cruz Azul back in 2000, the summer of 2010, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know why it really hadn't like clicked in for me yet, but we were sitting up in, in the second deck, West Side, South End. So, right. like, like close to the South End. And it was the first time I remember I like really noticed the supporters. And like, I heard them and I saw the flags and I was like, oh, okay. Like maybe there is something here. Maybe there is like a little bit. And like, I was still ignorant at the time. I had no fucking clue what an leader <laughs> was or what a supporter was or a casual was like, yeah. I am, I am a late comer to this culture. Um, 
Um, but I was like, but it resonated with me. So I was like, okay, like Rainer, let's go check this out. So we oh. snuck in. Well, snuck in. Like the South End is still the same way. You just yeah. walk right in. Walk like, right if, in. Yeah. If you want to support the team and you wanna you wanna like get hype for them, like you're welcome there. So we just walked in and like there's people singing and clapping, and I was like, Oh, this is yeah, this is what I know. This is this is this makes sense to me. And I remember looking at it wasn't Bobby Brizzo from U Sector, it was a different capo for U Sector. He is this Brazilian guy. He's since moved back to Brazil. I can't remember his name now. Okay. But I remember watching him in the stand, the Lanchacori, the the song thrower. And mm. I was like, I could do that. I was a singer in a band in high school. Like I wrote yeah. songs and I, I had a band. We sang like the chili peppers and shit. So I was like, you oh, quickly, okay. Can you quickly explain what like a capo would be for people that don't know? So the, so there's there's the capo and there's a couple of capos in like even in inebriati itself there's but we run it sort of like by by politburo oh. uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, by committee um but but there's like different roles and so like i i lead inebriati i'm one of the leaders of inebriati yeah but i'm also my role at the, in the stadium is, is in italy we call it lanciacori and that translates to the song thrower and that's sort of my job like i had a buddy that i worked with he's like yo this is the mc he's the master of the table. <laughs> same same thing just different like that's more yeah. of a manjicate name okay uh but but i i saw i saw what they were doing and i was like yeah this makes sense like i've led i've led rallies like i've led mm-hmm. I've, I've 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 you know been on stage fronting a band like getting people going you know like it's it's it just made sense to me and and i love the energy and i love if if I were a Dungeons and Dragons character, I would just be pure chaos. Like I, I love chaos. I love uh, I love. I think like probably if I was a soldier, I'd probably love combat because that's like like I just yeah. uh, sensory overload stuff. And so so that's really when I got hooked. And and from I think from about that Cruises little game on, I think I've I could probably count on on both hands the number of games I've missed. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That so, so that's a long-winded way of saying around 2010 is when I got really hooked on it. But that's no, yeah. that's amazing. How like the whole backstory, how you got into that is crazy. But I also um, think it's fascinating that you didn't like grow up really with it. Yeah, exactly. Right. On kind of late because I think my my mom's from Montreal and my dad's from Toronto. They 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 had no clue that there was a Toronto Lynx or or, or, that, or yeah. like a Mon- uh, Montreal Impact like back when they were living there like they they knew what the Canadians and the Expos and like maybe the Argonauts or something okay crazy so Inibriati was that group formed before you joined it was it already formed no no so oh, uh, what I what so I joined U Sector uh okay. and like you know 10 11 years later I want to shout out my buddy Swiss uh, for for vouching for me and getting me getting me into U Sector and getting my tickets because Rainer and I eventually ended up getting tickets on the North Stand back when there was a North yeah. Stand. Well, just and quickly, sorry, Dendra. Well, how's so what's that process like? If you getting in, like, it, it differs for everybody. Yeah. So I joined U Sector, but we were like when I joined U Sector, it was really the team was really bad and it was toxic and nobody wanted to sing and I wanted to sing. Like yeah. I was like, why are we down here if we're not singing? And at the same time, RPB, Red Patch Boys, were sort of in a little bit of a funk and they had sort of like stalled in terms of like their their dynamism as a group. Yeah. Uh, the North End Elite had folded the year prior to that. So those were the original guys in 127 that folded and then Mike and the guys with, with Kings in the North took yeah. over. Okay. Uh, uh, and so like, I just sort of felt like, I was like, okay, I finally got down here but like 
I'm a day late and a dollar short, right? And so, so I, I spent the year sort of feeling a little bit like, like an outsider in the South End. And then I went on a, an away day. I think it was the first Toronto away day to Montreal. Yeah. It was in the Olympic Stadium. And we took like two, 3,000 people. And I, was, I, I went and like, I went basically by myself. I was already in Montreal, actually, because my mom's from Montreal. So we were there for Passover. Okay. And the game was at like, like a one o'clock game. So it like didn't interfere with dinner either. Oh, so I was able to like dip out of Cote St. Luke, run over to the stadium really quick. I went alone. And I happened to sit, spend the game standing beside this guy, Justin. Yeah. And like, we just got along. We had a good time. Didn't see him again. I saw him around the stadium here and there. Didn't see him again really though for a year until one day I hop on the subway coming home from work and I bump into him. And he's like, Hey man, I was just thinking about you. Me and a couple of the other guys, like we've been kicked out of Red Patch Boys, so we started our own group in 111. Uh, you like, and we're all about active support. Like we're not like we're not here to be like like take selfies or to like sell t-shirts and scarves and like be fair weather fans. Like we want to bring 90 minute mentality. Like yeah. like flags up, scarves up, like voices up, win or lose, like rain or shine. And I was like, yeah. Like he's like, are you in? I was like does a bear shit in the woods like that's, <laughs> that's what i do uh so we spent 2013 in 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 111 and so i that's how i got introduced to this group and we weren't inebriati yet so so 2012 was sort of like the ideation of 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 the group and there were a couple of reasons for that and and i won't get into the internal politics because it's boring and it's also water in the bridge um but but they had decided that Toronto needed a kick in the ass or Toronto support needed a kick in the ass. Uh, Mark and Chris, the two of the guys that found that founded this. Yeah. And so they spent like 2012 and 2013 gathering what we called, we were, we were just a, a group of, of misfits, miscreants and, and reprobates. And, and none of us sort of fit into any other group. None of us yeah. really fit into any, we, like we're, we're hard to, to put into to neat little boxes in our lives as well. Um, and yeah, we're all just a bunch of psychopaths who like smoking weed and drinking beers. So like, it's going to soccer. So, so it, it worked. And we were really, that year we really sort of made our name uh, because we were protesting the club, banning somebody for pyro uh, outside the stadium for like lighting a, I think it was a smoke grenade. In the end, he didn't even light. My buddy Anthony was the one that lit it. And this guy <laughs> it. Uh, uh, and uh and so we were, we, we were, we were pushing the, fighting the club on, on having this guy, Matt band lifted. And we were pushing for club sanctioned smoke because we were like, uh, all the other teams are starting to do this. So we need it. We like Toronto needs to stay ahead of the curve. And, yeah. and like, if you want to help us like re-inject some life into, into support, like we, this is something that you should do. And we said, you should also do general admission in the South end and safe standing. And 10 years later, we're still having that conversation, but that's uh -huh. coming. But this is also the same conversation where the club said, you know what, we get people coming to us every week wanting to start a supporters group. We'll be surprised if we're talking to you in six months. So like the club also like it was there, they had a different mentality back then as yeah. well. So like everything, like, like the journey from, from 2012 when an Ebriati sort of started coming together to now is different is, is like entirely different. And the one person I mean, you get like Bill Manning has done a lot of great stuff for, for the club and for the yeah. sport, but the person that I need to like give the most credit to for that is actually Tim Lywicki. 
Uh, yeah, I hear a lot of good things about that guy. From Uncle Tim guys, is what we call players him. Like, to, yeah. Yeah, he's been great. And don't get me wrong, like we actually also have a good relationship with Bill Manning and he really does advocate for us and and and, and look out for us. But that culture shift happened when Wiki came in and that's like the turning point in terms of Toronto's success. And we were really blessed to have him. Uh, but at the same time, I think that like we also blew up too quick as well uh, because of him, right? Like we got real good, real fast and had a lot of success real fast. Yeah. So it's it's sort of like, and now we're seeing sort of like the 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 adjustment in the last year and a half or so but that's another conversation that's crazy it's very interesting man so like what what goes on with obviously you guys are there at the games and all that stuff but what's going on with these supporters group off the field like week to week what's happening with you guys like that when you're organizing things for this for the, the matches and stuff like that yeah so i mean we we basically have weekly like see each other weekly during the season yeah. whether it's 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 at our bar before the game and in the stands or, or we have a bar in the junction that we watch uh, games out of um, called Shox's Tavern. Um, so we've been, we've been watching games out of there for like seven years now as well. And, and they've been good to us. Um, and then from there, that's where we sort of like do our organizing and, and our planning. And like, obviously, like, like um, there's other like forms of internal communication, like people use WhatsApp, Facebook, yeah. this, discord like all that shit right but but we are a face-to-face group first and foremost and 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 like membership and you're standing in the group is based on like showing up and putting up so Mm -hmm. it's like you know if if we're at the bar watching watching an away game we're you know leadership will be like okay we're doing a tifo for the game a month from now uh this is what it's going to be like this is how much it's cost this is what we bought we booked some time off like we have friends who have like access to like skating rinks in the summer uh that that don't have the ice on them so it's like you know we're gonna go we're gonna go into there and like set up set, set well, up I've always, paint. Yeah, I've always wondered where they do like where do these where do they do these well, okay but okay so arenas we we we, we beg borrow and steal like for yeah space. like the club will give us rico coliseum and like some of the space uh, okay attached to that at times but like again like in the playoffs when we really need it we can't have it because the marley's are in the playoffs or or the Royal Winter Fair of all fucking things needs it, right? Like, it's like, okay, so we need to build a barn here instead of, like, actually support a team. Like, great. I, but it's like, those are business decisions. I'm not, that, that, that's yeah, not my Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, yeah, like, it, it, we, like, back in the day, we used this guy King Dave's space, and we used, Jay, we used to use Jamie's space. Jamie is the guy that runs the Voyageurs, and he does, okay. like, yeoman's work. Um, uh, yeah, like, so the club that my buddy Maro, uh, who's currently banned from the stadium, uh, he he manages a youth club. Uh, I guess they're U16 now, and they play. They're uh, York Jets, one of Ashton's old clubs. Yeah. And uh, and so we we became friends with the guy that operates the city rink. You know, at the, like uh, at that park. Yeah. And nice. so he, in the summer, he'll let us go in there and 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 paint and stuff, and and we just make sure that we we leave him a case of beer and no mess amazing okay really cool how about like does the club support you guys like financially no absolutely not and we will never take a dime from them like we'll take help from them like they they paid for our our pullmans when we were in guadalajara sorry our like our coach buses from from like uh like the bars where we were drinking to to the stadium yeah um but that was also because they didn't do shit when we went down for the semifinals to Club America and coming out of the stadium, we had a got, we had, there were like maybe 35 Tor- fans that were there from Toronto, like, 
and and the club didn't organize anything. So we had to get taken out by riot cops in an armored bus because there were 500 Bardo Bravas trying to get at us. Um, and like, thankfully, 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 through our buddies, our friends with at Chicago Fire were, were boys with, uh, they were called Sector Latino, now they're La Banda Roja. We were introduced to one of the capos for the, for the Bada Bravas of uh, Pumas, uh, this guy Mega. And the only reason we got out of there in one piece is because somebody recognized Mega and was like, oh shit, we got to like make sure these guys don't get torn apart limb from limb. And it was worse because we, we advanced. Like, I think we drew away at, at, at or we beat that either way we we, yeah. we advanced to the finals of, of the conca champions yeah. and club america didn't so their fans were ready to pull us ready to win. Yeah. yeah and i've never been so happy in my life to see a crowd of angry people wanting to fight me like we were on a high we were coming out of there and like that 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 champions league game like you, i've heard you you know talk to all the other guys that were there on the, on yeah. the field like from a fan's perspective that game was fucking perfect yeah. it's thundering and lightning like this is this is like a biblical fucking thunderstorm going yeah. on and we get there late because there's so much traffic and like and like you know we pull up into into the parking lot and we're we're taken into the stadium by like it's like a v formation of riot cops with their shields out and like we're hustled into the stadium and it's raining and it's dark and it's lightning and and we're wow. up there in the top section and and like all of a sudden we're in there we're like holy shit we're in the fucking azteca yeah we are in like this this temple of soccer history of, yeah. you know like like and our team is playing in, in a meaningful match here like, yeah. holy shit so obviously shirts off right away starts <laughs> coming out like yeah. and i'll never forget this like it was a, like a dull a, like a quiet point so i just start up a chinga tu madre and all the riot cops who's like standing in the section by the like the 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 chain link fence with the barbed wire on it i see him like sort of like look around they're all like and all of a sudden chaos are coming at us and like again i i love chaos so for me i was like holy shit it's happening like like we're a real club now like we're we're playing away like in these like against like a historical team and like we're beating them and we're getting under their fan skin like this is a real thing we're not just cosplaying anymore we're not like we're not making pretend like we're here yeah, that was that was wild. So sorry, I like. I'm sorry for my. No, no, no. We love this. Oh, I love it. I love it. This I can listen awesome. to that all day. But also, yeah, obviously touching on that, um, the Champions League run. Man, what was it like for you guys? Those, Jovic, those Seba years, Josie, when they started going on that run. Obviously, not winning the twenty, was the twenty seventh or sixteen final. They lost the first. Yeah, one? we lost the twenty sixteen final then, at home, and then yeah, the team. Ran yeah. So, back. what was that run like for you as supporters group? Ma- so, magical. Man, just, yeah. Magical, bro. Those, like those couple years. Like, I mean, you guys know as a fi- as fans yourselves, and having been at those games, and yeah, we got to those games, finals, yeah. like, like, and it's like what I opened up with, when, like earlier. It's like ninety nine percent of the time for a sports fan, like we don't, you, you're never going to taste that sort of glory. Yeah, and yeah. so to do it, it with that style and panache, yeah. and like set those records and just and win that first domestic treble in North in, in MLS in North American yeah. history, like like. That was just, there was, it was so special. Yeah. And like the city knew it. Like, and, and that was when people around North America and around the world sort of sat up as well and like started looking at Toronto's fan culture. And they're like, oh, these aren't just lame Americans. Cause like, let's call a spade a spade. Like, a lot of the American fan bases are, are, are corny as hell, right? Yeah. Like, like what, what do the American guys do? Like, I, 
horrible and we we could be and we, we sometimes we are that corny but on the whole especially in toronto like we we have a different edge we have a like we have a different fluency in this culture that that a lot of other places don't and so people started sit, sitting up and being like oh okay like they're it's like it's a good team and they've got real fans there they have like savvy fans yeah um, yeah. so it was really magical to sort of like, like get blasted like that and, 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 and to be noticed I, I, again, like it cuts both ways, right? Like, I think we blew up really quickly. And then mm -hmm. this year, like, even with COVID and all that, all that stuff, like it could have been more full, you know, like yeah. there were, there, yeah. like there were games where it was just the self end. Yeah. And like, I think that had we we got into that level of success maybe a little bit more slowly a little i don't want to call it organically because everything is a cash injection in football right like yeah. and like yeah. we also had a good balance of, of like local homegrown talent and and talent that we bought on that on those teams but but i think i think we really sort of like we're on a bit of a rocket ship and 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 it's come down and people's people don't realize that, that that shouldn't be the expectation. The expectation should be that like we have a team that fights for the badge yeah. because the badge is us in the South end and in the stadium. Uh, and we're not fans. We're the community. We're the club, right? We are the club. Yeah. The, the fans are like the, 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 the supporters are eternal players, managers, front exactly. office, they come and go. Exactly. We're forever. And so, so I think, moving forward the supporters are like much more mindful of the fact that like we can't get too caught up as well in, in the hype and remember that like it's 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 fleeting right like glory is fleeting pain is pain is constant <laughs> and there's a beauty in it again like, like yeah. I, i'm a romantic right like like yeah. for me for me this is this is like uh like what's that that movie about about the guys who wrote animal house like utterly like utterly useless and futile like that's the whole point like this is a 90 minute game that like we yeah. pour our lives into like thank god i have that and like and i'm not living in a place like ukraine or russia where like you know like that you might not even get the chance to do that again know. so Fucking... you know we're, we're blessed here honestly unreal yeah how's um what else with these supporters too what is your relationship like with some of the players i know you know some guys pretty close like how has that been building a relationship with them over the years with players? well that's that's what makes it special and that's what made yeah. those, the, those 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 successful years so much more meaningful because it wasn't it wasn't just seba you know and josie and michael who actually all have like developed very strong relationships with us but it was also ashton yeah. it was azorio it was it was it was it was uh Frazier. It was like like mm -hmm. all these like homegrown talents, people that were that started off as fans. Yeah. And it like it goes deep as well. Like I went to the same high school as Ash. Yeah. He's in my cousin's grade. So like like I've known I've known about Ash since he was 14. Like I yeah. like like and me and he's his best boy is is uh, a musician that I used to manage when I was working in music, Alan Raymond. Alan Raymond, yeah. So it's like, you yeah. know, and like rock. Ash's uh, like his business yeah. partner out of out of Sandra is my boy. Like like yeah, so, so it's 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 not he's not just some player. This yeah, is that's the guy, that's a girl you, guy you grew up with. Yeah, yeah, and then Azorio and like the way the way that John is like really like like you know he he for him like I think he plays for the supporters almost more than anything else. Like, I think, and obviously yeah, he's a professional. He's one of those guys, yeah. He talks about it a lot as well. I know that he like tweets it out and like 
I mean, I watched the video of like you guys together at the end of a game and doing everything. And he's always like the first one to go and interact yeah. with the crowd, like after the game and talk about it, like openly. So well, I think he, he always says that if, if he wasn't a professional footballer, he'd be in, he would in be, the yeah. with us. Yeah. You know, but the night that we won the, the MLS Cup, I got a DM from, from one of his younger brothers. It was like, yo, can, is it cool if like we stand in, in 114 with you guys? And I told him, like, that, that, that shouldn't even be a question. Of yeah. Like, yeah. You guys, That's like, so you're cool. part of the Toronto family. Yeah. So cool. Man. So it's, 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 it's so special. It was like, it was yeah. so special. And those relationships mean so much to us because yeah. it, it, that's the reciprocation, right? Like, yeah. they can't always reciprocate on the field. Last year, they, like, try as they might, like, the results, they just couldn't reciprocate on the field. Yeah. But they reciprocate in so many other ways, and they show that love, and they, and they show their appreciation for the support that we give them. So, like, it pushes us on because, like, we want to support them even more. It, it's, it becomes, like, a, like a, self, a self-generating sort of phenomenon almost. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's so important, and it, it just goes to prove that, that, you know, football without fans is nothing, right? Like, what's, nothing, what's the really. point? And I think COVID showed that. Yeah, and exactly. Like, I, it was really hard for me to care about the MLS's back tournament or to, like, care about even a big chunks of last season when there weren't fans in the crowd. It was tough, Because yeah. it, it, it felt like I was watching a training session. Yeah, yeah. So and like I go up, I go up to Downsview anyway to watch training sessions. Yeah. So what, like, what am I, what am I paying for for Dizone exactly. or, or or Rogers or whatever for that? Exactly. So different, man. Yeah. Let's, let's switch. Uh, let's switch it up just before we let you go, man. Obviously, we got to talk about what's going on with Canada soccer right now and this crazy wave this country is on, both with the females and the. With the men's side, man. But what has it been for you? The ladies did it first. Shout out the ladies. Ladies man. did it first, man. Yeah, and yeah. and we've been pushing for a, a women's uh, professional team in Toronto as well for a while. I hope. I, I think that's. I think that's got to be happening next ten. Five, it needs 10, to happen. Yeah, it needs to happen. Yeah. My girlfriend's gonna hate me because it's gonna be more soccer. Than <laughs> that, but she's just gonna have to deal with it. Yeah, I was actually gonna, but maybe before we go into, it, I was gonna ask you that, and I wanted to ask Mike when we had him on. Um, obviously the commitment and the support that you're giving and like you said like you barely missed a beat and you go to all these games as like the supporter that you are is there has there been like negative effects on your like personal life and like relationships and work or anything like that yeah i had a girlfriend who 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 said it's mere football like i miss her sometimes (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah professionally like i i i made a choice to 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 stunt my my professional development and my and my career actually in many ways and many times uh to prioritize football and i've i've prioritized you know inebriati and tfc um you know over over relationships and and over a lot of stuff it's it's it, it is it's a bit of a lifestyle choice um and and it, i i <laughs> I don't regret a single moment of it. Like I don't regret, yeah, yeah. I regret a single spice of it. Like I, I, if, if I were to do it all over again, I, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it, it is like, and it, it's a commitment. Like, and 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 that's why, like, if you talk to any any leader of the group or of any group mm-hmm. or any any member of a group, like we don't like it when people come into this into the south end and, and take selfies and clown around and clown us. It's like, yo, we fucking work hard. Yeah. Who the yeah. fuck are you like? why are you here? Cause you wanted a cheap ticket and you wanted to have a good time. Like, yeah. Like fuck off and don't disrespect us. Go somewhere else in the stadium. There's literally yeah. 
30,000 other seats to, to, to go sit in except for these ones. Um, so yeah, like when pe people, like we've been a little, we've been really good at alienating other fans and, and like intimidating other fans and causing friction with other fans in the past. And it's because of like, I think we do also, I think every group to a certain extent uh, has a, a bit of a sense of entitlement. And that's actually one of the things that we're really working on this season collectively as a South End is to really like try to be, become a, a slightly gentler, softer, um, intimidating force for the team, right? Like yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, we, because we want to bring more people in and we like you guys were talking about like what i've given up and like what kind of sacrifices i've made and like these are first world sacrifices right like, like of course yeah like um but i i'm i listen i i i just turned 34 i'm i'm fucking tired uh, i'm gonna capo i'm gonna lead the crowds until until the world cup because like it's my fucking dream to to capo a world cup game like that's you know what I mean? Like for these players, it's their dream to to, to yeah. play in one. Like for me, it's my dream to to, to lead the crowd in one. Um, and then I'm retiring. Like it, this is hard on my body. Like yeah. I, really? I don't drink before games. I drink Gatorade and water and like Man, yeah, you don't, bro, I've, I've said, you don't stop. Yeah, yeah, because it's hard. It's really it's hard on my body and it's and it's and it's it's hard on the people that I love as well because I'm I'm making choices over them and I. I haven't actually watched a game with my own two eyes in 10 years because I've got my back turned to the, to the field. Yeah. I'm reading the crowd to understand what's going on. So like, I would like to watch a game at some point and, and actually like as a segue from that, anybody who's listening, anybody who wants to get involved in support, like, yo, don't, you don't have to ask, just fucking show up. And if you want to yeah. capo, if you want to, if you want to do what I do, or if you want to drum, like come show up, like, Show your respect to the guys, to the people that have been doing this for the last 10 years. Yeah. Learn, but we want to teach you because we want to watch a game. We want to be the old guys that can stand in the back and have a beer and have a laugh and let the young guys. This is, this is a, a young person's activity, and, and I'm starting to get old. Yeah. I found some great hair. I'm going bald up here. <laughs> <laughs> I got a COVID doubt. Like, I got a dad doubt now, guys. So is the shirt coming off this season or no? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm not insecure about my body. Like no. I know I'm ugly. I know I got a face for radio. I just <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do, man. But I so you, so you're 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 hoping to be in Qatar come November. That's a good question. Yeah. That's a really good question. I'm very torn about that. Um, yeah, I know. As as you guys can obviously tell, like I'm 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 a romantic bleeding heart. And I, I have a, an incredible amount of ambivalence about going to this World Cup and taking part in, yeah. in this particular World Cup that was that's, that's me built on slavery, right? And built on human rights abuses. Um, and, uh, and, and like so clearly bribed, right? Like, like, yeah, like yeah. it was Easily, so clearly yeah. ruined, right? And, and, yes. and like- Same with I'm Russia. Not, yeah, same with Russia. And yeah. listen, I'm not naive. I know that, that this is what football is, right? Mm, yeah. But like when it's this blatant and it's, it's really hard to get behind it. Now, with that said, I, I skipped uh, going and going back to your question about like what we've given up and what we sacrificed. Like mm -hmm. I failed the course in university my, my, my first year at U of T um, because I skipped the midterm to go watch that eight one loss to Honduras at a bar on Young no Street at Young Charles with, with the Voyageurs, right? Like, like I've been supporting this team from time yeah you know yeah. i'm still here and i know these guys on this on the team like 
like these are my boys on the team. Like, yeah. oh, like I would like yeah. consider him my boy. Like I, I yeah. love the guy. So to not go feels like I'm also very uncomfortable with the idea of not going and supporting them and not being a like on a selfish side, like not not being part of this journey that I've I've invested so much into. Yeah. And then on, yeah. on the selfless side, like not being there to do what we do best for for the guys. And you know what? We're we're really fucking good at it. We're really mm-hmm. good at it, and and that is their edge. And if we can help them make a run and and like be the Iceland or or the Ireland or or, or what have you of this tournament, and like continue, help to increase the 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 the, the stature of yeah. Canadian football globally, yeah, like that that's our job. Yeah, that's why we're there. We're there to support the team, and so to not go is like also like I feel like it's turning our backs on the team. Yeah, um, it's also like stupid expensive. Like this is not yeah. a like it, like this is more expensive than going to a Formula One weekend, right? Like yeah. this is this is this is not a, a working class person's World Cup. And no, no, I, uh, yeah, it's also I, I might be wrong about this, but football is a working class sport. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, I'll probably be there, and I'll probably go into an incredible amount of debt to 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 be there. But like, let the record show that I'm very uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a lot of people's views I've heard them people yeah. wanting to go and I can only imagine what some of the players must feel about yeah. this right because like and they have to tell the party line so you're never even going to know what they think exactly uh, but yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if, if we've got some smart guys on, on the team look Fonzie is is like a spokesperson for, yeah. for the UNHCR right for the, exactly the, yeah uh, like like these guys aren't, aren't ignorant like they know what's up so yeah I'm saying it for them yeah, yeah fair yeah, I find it a weird one, especially just with like the time of year that it's taking place. Like, just yeah, it's... like the logistics of it, the the cost of it. I went to Russia for the full month, and I was there for that World Cup, and it was. I had only planned for the group stage, and then I ended up extending it and staying it. How um, can you not? Yeah, exactly. Well, I was following Croatia. I'm Croatian. Um, I was going yeah going nuts, right? So, um, yeah, it's just a bit mad, but yeah, like November what's happening the built-up stadiums i have no desire to go there yeah yeah Yeah, like it's it's not going to be enjoyable and like i like the 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 government fucking bought up all the hotels in 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 guitar and they're going to release them at an increased price closer to the date like that's fucking highway robbery and i got a boy in dubai that i can go stay with but what i'm going to drive six and a half hours both ways like i'm I'm a mashugi right like i will fucking do that but i don't (laughs) want to I don't want to put him and his, his 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 family out for like three weeks while I crash yeah. on their couch and be a soccer hooligan in like <laughs> a kind of like strict like like you know like religiously and and legally strict country. Like I don't. Yeah. Well, well, I'm gonna fucking smoke a joint and get him in trouble. Like I don't want to do that to my boy. Like. Yeah, that's the crazy. tough part as well. Those regulations yeah. there. I wonder what they're even gonna do. Right. No. It's yeah. the world is coming. Well, that's out. also like the scary part of soccer nowadays because FIFA can literally go into a country and have them change their laws. Like the same way that, like in a way that, like the IOC can't even really do that. FIFA can go into a Muslim country and say, "Hey, you have to allow alcohol to be sold and consumed in these areas, Easy. like even yeah. though it's against your fucking belief. beliefs." Yeah. You know, like these these people's core beliefs and values, yeah. and FIFA is powerful enough to get them to drop that. Like that's that's some Darth Vader shit, man. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking nuts, bro. But we'll Mad. see. Yeah. See, I'm looking forward to those last. That that's gonna be a big party at BMO. Oh, it's gonna be a jam. It's gonna be a jam. <laughs> yes, I, and like I've been messaging all my buddies from all because like part of like 
being a supporter is that you end up making friends with people all over the world. Right. And so now I'm, I'm messaging all of my internet friends being like, yo, you can stay on my couch. Like, yeah. the world cup. like it's going to be, yeah. it's gonna be bro, I got to make sure I got to make sure I'm there for that one, bro. That's going to be yeah. a special night, bro. Mike, like yeah. we can, we can fly you over. We got a, we got a TIFO oh, club. We can play for a ticket. I fly home the f- next week, like the following week. Yeah, I, our boys getting married. I wish uh, I was home a week earlier. It's painful, but yeah, I can't. I got like two weeks off in April. And that's what so I'm I, I listen to a podcast, a uh, Spurs podcast called uh, called The Fighting Cock. And one of the guys on, on the podcast, his name's Thelonious. He's, uh, he's a, a Jamaica fan, big Jamaica fan. Yeah. And so yeah. I've just been like DMing him constantly being like, bro, Toronto, weed legal. Like it's going to be warmer end of March. Yeah. Like yeah. you should just come, like come, <laughs> come chill in Toronto for, for a week and watch the game. And I, I think, I think he's starting to crack. So yeah. anybody in the UK who's listening as well, like you're welcome. Come party with us. We're just, Let's go. That's it's going to be a party game. in Toronto. When we party. Getting everybody on a wave here, man. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, well, I heard you were talking a couple, a couple of weeks ago on the pod and like people are like, now starting to sit up and take notice in Canada and like, and like actually recognize that like, it's not a fluke. Like we've actually, we've got yeah. the ballers. Oh yeah. That's like, a, everybody will kind of like mention it. Cause like everyone, like household names are like Alfonso, John David's getting there, but like people are like recognizing like an Oso. And like mm-hmm. when they listen to the app or like talk about it, they're like, Oh yeah. Like the guy from, from Toronto FC. And I'm like, that's dope. Yeah. Like yeah. Even like MLS is getting like more recognition and people are like yeah. picking up on clubs and teams and what they're doing in the movement. So yeah, it's dope. It's dope to see, especially like when you just meet like a random dude in a bar and you start talking about footy and then they actually know about the club and like the success of it and like yeah, Canada on the rise and everything. It's just, I find it crazy, like surreal. It gives me goosebumps, man. Yeah. It, like, it, like I just got a, like a, a tingle up my spine. Yeah. yeah. I sort of thought, bro, Canada, like the way this has been going, like you could see it kind of bubbling, but I think I never expected it to just be like so quick. It, I, I turned around and all of a sudden the team was mm-hmm. good. Right. Like, yeah. like I, 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 and it's not just John Herdman, like he's got a massive part of this. And like, I know that like yeah. he's from, from other people that, that have done work with him. They're like, apparently this guy is like the most organized, yeah. like meticulous dude. He sends back full reports like that thick to every player's club with all yeah. their metrics and like, and all this shit. Like people love it when they go on uh, away to Canada because their players come back like, they get they have more data points on their players yeah, when they come back. Exactly. So it's like, yeah. yeah, he's an incredible manager, but like I, I normally, you know, like and you you can put your finger on a moment when all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're good. But like this is like this is like truly when it rains it pours. Like yeah. I, I didn't know about Kajon Buchanan until bro, this year. Exactly. <laughs> when all the guys come like, like, from, the same thing I said, I was like, bro, where this kid come from is amazing. Yeah. My favorite players were to watch. Amazing. Yeah, it's at, so fucking exciting yeah so exciting and these guys are only gonna get better like like i i don't think any of our of like the new generation have hit their ceilings and they're learning from pros like atiba and and julian and junior like all of these guys like like who have been like kind of like like journeymen or or trailblazers and trailblazers yeah Yeah. like like they yeah it's like a very exciting squad to watch right now and it and 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 like it like i i can't believe that that lightning is striking twice for me especially like in sports like this never happens it's crazy i support genoa like i like i go to genoa (laughs) to watch the derby like i was gonna bring that up i was gonna bring that up so i checked like i went through your instagram and everything how did genoa come about my boy model 
Um, okay. So he's he's one of the other capos of the Nibriati. Okay. Um, and he's from uh, the, the Genoa region. He's from a town called Chiavari. Uh, so when, when in 2014 or 2015, I think, maybe 16, I can't, I can't yeah. remember now, but I was like stressed at work and, and I was working out of a, a, a shop in the junction. Shout out Gerhard, everybody, if you want to go buy menswear, Canadian made, premium made uh, menswear. Gerhard Supply, uh, shout out my boy Langton. Uh, <laughs> and um, sorry, I had to plug him. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, I was like smoking a cigarette outside the shop and just like stressing. And Mauro is like, he's like, Ellie, you're too stressed. Like, you need a vacation. You gotta come with me to Italy to watch the Genoa. I was like, Oh, wait. Yeah, okay. He's like, Yeah. So like we went and and uh, we were introduced to one of the Capo Ultras of Genoa of a group called Gav. Um, this guy Bomba, he's a fucking legend. He's one of the original like skinheads against racism and, and prejudice in general. It's like super, he's like, hard, he's a Maoist. Like this guy is hardcore, like communist. Um, right. and, and he leads like the, the anti-fascist group in Genoa as well. And like, so introduced to him and this guy's name is Bomba for a reason. Like he plays uh, a linebacker on one of the Italian um, American football teams, like Premier League of American yeah. football teams. There, he's okay. a big boy. Yeah. Uh, and I'll show I'll show you a picture sometime of him fighting the cops in turn in 1993. <laughs> the line of riot cops and just him, like in his boots and braces, going at them. <laughs> Sweetest guy has like three cats. Like he's the biggest cat dad. Like it's it's like you're like how you're fighting cops and caring for cats. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, love the dude to death. But like we brought him with them, and yeah, like like just me being me like i'm i'm a chatty kathy and i force myself on people i'm like be my friend and yeah. and yeah we've sort of become friends with them and we have like a little bit i want to call it like a full-on gemelagio like a full twinning but like when we go there people are like ah you're like to toronto and like oh, oh the no. guy's from toronto and like the well one of the lanciacori is is coming over to toronto the, the, the summer in july to watch some games right. um and you guys didn't hear from me, but we're getting the captain of Genoa, Domenico Crescito, La yeah. Maria is coming yeah. here. Um, so, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, like it's it's uh, Genoa is a fun time though, and if if you want just like a shitty team to support that has amazing fans, an incredible stadium, the oldest te- professional team in in in, uh, in Italy, Genoa is your place. No, but, really? Like, yeah, no, no, no racist assholes. Like they're hardcore left wing. Like, it's like. True, okay. You're gonna see some some sickle and hammers flying and some some anarchist days and I love getting the chaos. So you, how many games did you catch when you were there? Did you catch one? Have you been to a couple Gen- since or no? to Genoa? Yeah. Genoa. Oh, I've been multiple. I think I've been four or five times in the last oh, five years. Oh. Like oh, obviously okay. COVID, COVID changed that, but for a while I was going twice a year for the Derby, oh. and I had. Let me see if I still have it. I have a, a like I up until last year I had a season seat on the Grande Nord. Oh, uh, no way. And I would just leave it with Bomba and he would just give it out to the youth, you know, yeah. whoever needed a, a seat. And like I've got so this is my travel card. So you need this to travel in, in okay. Italy uh, with, with the the Oeti Fossi. And I don't have yeah, my, my season pass is in is in Italy, but yeah, like True. as soon as COVID's over, like I plan on on getting my my, my seat again. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so when we're there, we'll we'll see like the Derby, obviously, but like we've also like gone away to Empoli, gone away to the San Siro following Genoa, been to Parma. Um, but Parma was actually with the Serie B team. So in Chiavari, we have a, a Serie B team called um, Virtuantella. Okay. And uh, 
and we've been like they were in Serie Che Uno when we when we got there when we started going like in 2015, um, and they've worked their way up to to B, and uh, and so we'll also like we're we're tight with their Gradina Sud there with the ultras there. So like and like I'll go and hang out in the in the clubhouse and like smoke smoke hash joints with them, and like, <laughs> we go on away days with them on the Pullman, and and so it's like I travel for soccer. Like I we want to go spend a month in in Buenos Aires for a month. Uh, and like work remotely from there next year and like Pam wants to go for you know because she loves traveling and I I want to go so I can go to La Bombonera yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so, so like 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 everywhere I go I'm gonna I like I make a point of getting in with the ultras and then and yeah. then you can't help but fall in love with with these stories like every being part of a club is being part of a religion now right like yeah. in the 20th 21st century we, we we've become secular and we don't go we don't go we don't worship at, at, a, at like a religious temple or, or church or, or synagogue or whatever anymore. We go to the stadium. Yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. and so it's, it's, I can't help, but, but like become, but fall in love with these, with these religions, with these cultures, with these tribes, with these traditions and stories and songs and sounds and smells. Like it's, it's poetry in motion. It's, it's poetry in real life. And you can't, you you can't script tv better than this right like 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 and that's why it drives me nuts as well when people like are armchair analysts they don't go to the stadium or they think they know everything because they play football manager or fifa (laughs) uh, you know like or or be or because they're they're like a social media influencer and they spend the whole thing fucking selfieing and shit like fuck you like you're missing the point yeah it's about it's about being part of something bigger it's being it's being like that you guys talked about it a, a couple episodes ago, like in, in 2016, that game against Montreal. I think you guys were talking about it with yeah. Mike. Yeah. And like the way the stands were shaking and yeah, everybody man. was on a wave. I don't really remember that night, to be honest with you. I, I, but I remember how I feel. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I, like I, like, and, and there's nothing better than that. And then to fall in love with a club or with a place, it's just, there's something magical about it because like, that's why I don't bet on sports. Like it, I, I care too much. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's intoxicating. And, and if you travel, you'll meet other people and you'll, and, and you'll experience other clubs. And it's like the greatest thing that you can do. I, I recommend it to everybody. The best thing that you can do if you're a football fan in North America is leave North America, yeah. go watch football, other places, make friends, other places, learn their cultures, learn their traditions, bring them back, bring the good parts back. And yeah, also yeah. like study the darker parts because we're so privileged here that we don't have to have the violence and we don't have to have like these darker elements and like these politicized elements to it. Right. Like, like let's become students and take cherry pick the best parts and, and, and leave the darker parts in the past. And, and, and because we all, we all came to Canada, we all came to Toronto from somewhere else to escape those dark things. Mm -hmm. So let's celebrate the fact that we're all here together and and like elevate the the beauty of it and and like move away from from the darkness and i after the last two years like i i if there's anything that i believe in that's that it's the power of football to be a a positive force so which is why we're trying to i'm trying to personally move into like a gentler softer kinder intimidating force for the club yeah that's so cool like i love that because oh yeah I've traveled around a lot of places in Europe yeah, I was, and I'm I was I, I, your Instagram. Yeah. Everywhere I try and go, I try and catch a game. So like when I book a holiday, I'm like, Oh, okay. This play, like there, there's a game going on. I'm going to try and go, but I like, I kind of taken your approach, but I kind of just like go to the ground, like 
maybe like 45 minutes hour before and just like soak it all in yeah. and just like take it in. I know I'm not too like talkative. I'm not mm-hmm. like going around and just linking up with people, but try and soak that all in. And it's fucking fascinating. And just like the different countries, how they approach it, the different leagues, like the magnitude of a game, just yeah, like that shit sits with me. And like everybody, when I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not home, I'm not in Canada. And they're like talking about like experiences and what I'm doing. I'm like, that's the shit that I'm doing. Like, yeah. that's that, that's like the wicked part. Like that's the part that I love being able to do. Yeah. So my, my, my question for you is, is uh, what's your favorite stadium that like, besides obviously like Emirates, like that you've been to maybe, maybe on the continent or like what's, what's the best like atmosphere that you've, that you've experienced or the coolest stadium that you've experienced? It's a tough one. One of the like really amazing atmospheres that kind of blew me away was Ibrox. When I went and watched, I watched Rangers versus, um, I believe it was Spartak Moscow in a Europa League game. Shout out Davy Curry because he sorted me the ticket. That was a really cool experience because his family owns Rangers pub right beside oh, no the ground. So he was, he set it all up. He's like, oh yeah, you're going to go with my brother, go to our pub, sit there. And I was like, that's when I was mixing with the locals. And just like getting a talk, never been to a Rangers game. Don't really watch that much Scottish Prem. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go. Like, this is going to be sweet. Ticket was free. Shout out to him again for that. But it was, you walked in and the whole place was lit up. And that's when Stevie G was the manager there. And just like the sound of the ground. And you like, feel you know, it. You don't, you don't hear it. I, yeah. I was, I was taken back and I was just like, this is. Because it's what, like insane. maybe 10, 15,000 in there? It's not that, like a lot. Right? I think a little bit. I think a little bit like more. Maybe twenty thousand or twenty. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was. I think small. something. It, but it was. It's not bigger than Toronto, though. It's like no, it's right, that's, yeah. that's an old school stadium. Yeah, yeah, I like those though. I like that. Yeah, but like I've been to. Um, I was at AIK in Stockholm, and that one I didn't even realize. But when I purchased the ticket, I was in the supporter section. Oh, those guys and, are hardcore. Yeah, and we were just standing there, and it was actually like I met these like Aussie blokes, and three of us like went to the game, and we all sat within within them, and it was amazing because they were the only ones doing anything, and like the the stadium itself isn't that amazing, mm-hmm. but actually watching, we barely watched because the quality wasn't amazing, but we went off, and it was just such a good time. Yeah. Is that is because I can never tell because I only see the videos like of like their 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 terrace. Is that a like a covered stadium? Is that an indoor yeah. stadium? It's like an arena. Like if That's you think so about like strange. Yeah, because they have like the the middle cam, whatever the fuck is called, like the monitor and screen everything. So like they that's where con- yeah, that's like it's like a Raptors game. Like mm-hmm. how they have the jumbotron kind of like up there. True. So that's where like a lot of concerts, a lot of other things happen, but the top half is usually like always closed off. Yeah, because uh, it's Sweden. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's like right beside you have to go through the mall to get to it. It's like the weirdest, weirdest destination one I've been to. There's been a lot of like strange grounds, weird places. Like went to an Anderlecht game and fucking Brussels and that like stadium was dead. Like you hear a pin drop. There was nothing going on there. Some of the World Cup games were uh, Argentina versus France in the World Cup. We were like really immersed with the Argentinians and that was wild. Like they were amazing. Yeah. Like that was, that was an experience in itself, but uh yeah, a lot of good ones. A lot of the recently Arsenal ones have been really good. Um, the white uh, North London derby this year was fantastic. The, oh. the, atmosphere, <laughs> the atmosphere in there was uh, like the best I'd seen. I thought the best I'd seen was we played um, Valencia in the Europa League semi final, mm-hmm. and that was the first game that year where I was like, "Oh my god, this is like the Emirates. This is how it should kind of sound like." 
<laughs> and then I went to United New Year's Day uh, a couple oh, years ago. Like New Year's Day and Boxing Day levies are always like people are up for those. Yeah, we went to nil. It was fan- like my brother had come from back home and I got him a ticket. And I was like, so I got you guys got to talk that day. You and Keith didn't talk that day, though. Well, I talked so much shit to him. <laughs> <laughs> we got nonstop back and forth just going between us with that. But yeah, and then this year, um, Northland Derby from the first second we walked in to leaving, like even the pub beforehand, just insane. Like that was by far the best game. Dar- Derbies are the best. Like even, even that year that we went 0-9 to start the season and Danny Cooperman's said we're like the worst team in the world then he wasn't wrong about that uh, at that point in time we were the worst active team in the world um yeah even even like the montreal derby was like we were like that yeah. like you still we always need to you still always need to win that yeah everyone's still up yeah always. yeah like like honestly like like i would take a season of losing if it means that like and it's too bad that Josie's gone, but like if we yeah. could play Montreal, if we know we're going to beat Montreal every year on like Josie just doing something dirty and like burying a shot or like yeah. a beautiful shot and just go, calm down. Quiet down. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Great. And that's the thing, like Josie, Josie understood, like he, he was like yeah. a fan as well. Cause he would, he would fucking stir the pot as well with the Montreal fans. And he yeah. knew how much we hated them and he would just play to that. But he was also like the first player to ever like publicly, say our name like he said it on on tsn like he said inebriati are very yeah. important to us um and uh, like so like like regardless of how things ended with josie here in toronto like he like he's my guy like i love that guy um no, he's a legend you know like yeah like like he's he like where the team would be without josie yeah. is like i don't even want to think about it yeah <laughs> the game winner alone like is solidifies it yeah yeah so compared to, to all these other stadiums what what where would you rank bmo field the night we won were you, were you here in 2017 when we won the yeah the, i was at the, the final me and keith me and keith were at the final how, we were how at the, would you rate like do we rate up there yeah you know what like the, the only difference is well it's very similar i guess in terms of like syria because this year i went to a couple i've been to Stadio Olimpico, I've been to the San Siro, I've been to uh, Sao Paulo, I've seen Napoli, um, and just having like the south end where you guys are going nuts the entire time. Where we were, it's not as loud and as active, but because of how cold it was and how the meaning behind the game and like how important it was for the city, it was amazing. Like I'm honestly thinking about like I I still laugh when I think about that game, Keith, because we brought in a bottle of like Jack Daniels honey. Yeah. We were so cold that we're taking sips of it like every 10 minutes. Just pass it around once you go pass around everybody. And our whole row was Ash hooked us up the tickets. So I think Uh, we were like next to like a couple other people that were like our row was really good. Like our section was really good. But um I haven't been well I've been to the World Cup final, but that was very different. Bimo is electric. Like that Montreal game, I've never thought I would. Ex- yeah. Yeah. I never thought I'd experience something like that. Like me and Keith were on our chairs, like jumping, going nuts, like and just seeing everybody on that stand as well, rocking and doing that wave. Like uh, for us personally as well, I didn't think I'd ever witness that in Toronto. So I yeah. think no, me neither. I, yeah. yeah. So I think in terms of like the impact and what they're doing and seeing these Canada games as well at BMO, like 
it's it's remarkable it's amazing to see and that's like one of the things as well people mention to me is like oh yeah we're seeing like the actual atmosphere like it doesn't look like dead you know like people yeah. over here watch like nfl games and they'll watch nba games occasionally when it's on but yeah. it's not the same impact like they just yeah. they think like north americans just gonna like sit not really do much it's not going to be as active in north american sports we're we're consumers we're not active participants yeah yeah uh, whereas and football flips that on its head mm-hmm. yeah. exactly so i think I'm dying. I was, t- I was just telling Keith before we, we jumped on that, like when I fly home, I was like looking at TFC games and if there was a game going on while I'm home, but they don't have a game, not a home game. I'm gutted about it. So uh, yeah, I'm dying to go back to BMO and like go check a game. And I saw yeah. that. I saw a little quote, back that, summer. I saw a little yeah. quote that Josie said, like, cause even the, the fans in Toronto, like they're smart. It's like a smart footballing crowd. Like even he said a little thing. He's like, even if you see like a player get out of a difficult situation when the, when the crowd applauds, you hear that all over in Europe. But there's yeah. a lot of Emma, you don't hear that in the states of some of these at some of these stadiums. Like there's just a little thing like that, like applauding. It's a, little, yeah, it, it, it's because it's because like people actually know the game here. Yeah, right? like yeah, they're, they're, I would I don't know exactly what the statistic is, but I I would I would be surprised if if forty percent forty five percent of people who live in Toronto right now weren't born in toronto right yeah and like most other places in the world you live and breathe football right so Mm -hmm. so these are people that are much savvier even than the fucking malakas who are commentating on (laughs) one soccer you know i i love terry dunfield i will say nothing bad about terry dunfield but the all the rest of them Except for Andy Petrillo, she's she's actually very intelligent. Yeah, yeah. the rest of them can just fucking lose their jobs. Oh, starting with Kurt Larson, yes. the racist, yeah, that guy. Bigoted, like, and put this on the pod. Kurt Larson, oh, yeah. leave it. In. I don't like that. I don't fuck with that guy either. You should say yeah, like, no, like, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't end it, don't edit this out of the, out of the pod. No, Kurt Larson nice. needs to be fired. He needs to lose his job at One Soccer. I don't understand how One Soccer or the parent company, uh, whatever it's called, One Media or yeah. Media Pro. Still, ha- this guy still has his job. Like he is the the director of content for the national broadcaster for yeah. football in Canada. It's the yeah. only place that you can watch uh, the Canadian Premier League. It's the only place that you can watch the Canadian Championship. It's the only place that you can watch her up until recently, until you know the Rogers and Bell hop on the bandwagon, where you could watch the national team, men mm-hmm. and women. Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell me that in a country that prides itself on multiculturalism. And 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 you know like being a progressive place and a and a and a, a predominant a, a fan base that is predominantly progressive and less and I, would, I don't want to say left wing or right wing but progressive about that this sort of shit and doesn't yeah. stand for, for for bigotry and racism and and homophobia and trans and all, yeah. any of that shit and this guy is is making choices in terms of what we're watching bro man yeah that's I, that's I, not, I canceled I canceled my subscription and I wrote a me- I sent them an email saying why. And, and I actually, like, tried to, like, and I, I don't like social media pylons, mm-hmm. um, but, like, I, I used, and I don't really have much of a platform, I'm not a celebrity, but, like, I have, like, a fair, fair yeah. amount of people that, that, like, I follow and they follow and, or follow me, and so, like, I let it be known, like, hey, like, this is how I feel about it, like, we should all, like, cancel our subscription and vote with our wallets, because if we, if, if they start losing money, because I'm pretty sure they're struggling financially. I don't think they're doing so well based yeah. on the quality of what, the, of what they're putting out. Yeah. So if we all start canceling our subscriptions, they're going to have to listen. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and I'm not doing this because like, I'm some social justice warrior. Like, mm-hmm. like, I'm doing this because I am, I don't, I, I, like, 
and it's not actually even about the personal vendetta he, he had against me and the Nibriati in the early yeah. days and, and how he used to attack us and slander us on, 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 um, on Twitter. And when we got banned for the yeah. two stick with the blowjob on it, he really stirred the pot and, and made things much, much worse. It's not even about that. Yeah. This guy, this guy should, is an American yeah. running a Canadian, a Canadian media company. And he has these ideas like, how is this appropriate? And the motherfucker wears square toe dress shoes. Like, I'm <laughs> sorry. I, like, with the money that you're making, you can buy a better fucking pair of dress, shoes. That's like, where we no draw time. the line. That's, 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 where, yeah. the, that's where the yeah. line draw. <laughs> but, like, I had I had two friends that worked that worked at one soccer. Yeah. And and Kurt Larson, uh, and I'm I'm going on the record with this because because they can't speak up professionally, but I will. I'll speak for them. Um, Kurt Larson alienated them, bullied them, and and ultimately like was the reason why they left or were fired from from one soccer. And these were people that were good at their jobs and were never mm. given a chance. So this guy, and and you can see like like even like he's not he's not on on air so much. But last year, like I felt like he was bullying uh, Terry and, and Ollie whenever he was on the air with them. Like he's not a nice guy, no, and and he's a toxic dude. He's a toxic. Yeah. Talk to any Toronto supporter, and they'll say the same they thing. That, that guy. Mean, that yeah. guy vitriol on Twitter and in his columns about the supporters, about the team. He stirs the pot and creates drama unnecessarily. And the fact that he's a bigot is not yeah. news to anybody who's in this community. It's just news to, to the newcomers and, 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 and people who are outside of this community. We've all known this. I, we saw those tweets when he tweeted them. Yeah. So, so like, I was surprised when he was announced as, as you know, a lead at, 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 um, at One Soccer. And I'm surprised that he has his job still because that was a pretty fucking lackluster apology, like non-apology. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're a grown-up dude. You're he's a little bit older than me. Like we're around the same age. Like you, you knew better. Yeah, you exactly. knew better. He just looks like a piece of shit. I remember like when we kind of started, I was like, oh, I need to start following and looking at more people in the media that are covering. And yeah. In a way from it, I was like, I started looking, I watched little clips and I was like, this guy fucking sucks. Like I just yeah. like had a feeling about him. And then yeah. all that shit came out and I was like, this makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a good dude. So Canadian soccer fans, Canadian Premier League soccer fans, like, like, listen, like, I don't want to tell you what to do, but I canceled my subscription. And mm-hmm. if you want to, if, if, if you're upset about, and there's, like, don't take my word for it. Go on the internet and look. Like, go Google Kurt Larson and all this shit will come up. Like, yeah, yeah. If, if you want to do something about it, vote with your wallet and cancel your subscription. And, and send one soccer uh, uh, an email. Like, let them know. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's wrong. And talk to any fucking reporter, uh, any, anybody who covers soccer in this country, and the, the, they'll just roll their eyes and say, fucking Kurt Larson. You know yeah. who should be running one soccer and who should be on air? Sid Sixero and uh, Donovan Bennett. Those guys should be fucking Those calling games. Good, yeah. Those yeah, guys are like good. Christian Jack's great. I love that guy. He's good. Yeah, he's good too. He's good too. He's great. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but just, we 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 had we had Sid Sixero and and uh, Donovan Bennett in one fourteen uh, back in I think it was two thousand fourteen when we unfurled like a refugees welcome banner at, at the at the national team game mm-hmm. and like those guys are solid dudes. They're real soccer fans. Like. Somebody should give them a shot to fucking to, yeah. to be the voice of soccer in Canada. No. In my in my unprofessional and unqualified opinion. <laughs> Listen, we all have opinions though. We can get out though. So, yeah, it's the beauty of podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. I love it, bro. No, it's the truth, bro. We've seen it. The guy's name's been around for forever, bro. I remember back when I was playing, and just the shit he would talk about people is crazy. Yeah, yeah, and like, and and from a player's perspective, like I'm sure it's not. 
you don't want to have people writing shitty things about you and your team. Like, yeah, yeah, not, not needed. Time, but no, yeah. we'll see. And it's crazy. Yeah. Cause he just got like, that's all happened. And just, they thought it would just go away. He just went quiet. You didn't hear from him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, bro, we know, like, come on, man. We're like anonymous. We do not yeah. forgive. We do not forget. <laughs> no, expect that. Exactly. But no, this has been amazing. We're on a light note. We got to talk quickly before we finish up. Mm-hmm. We got to talk some some North London. We got to talk Arsenal. <laughs> we got to we got to go. well, I mean, So we can throw Man United in there because now we're in that mess too. Mm-hmm. But man, yeah. So what are you guys thinking? And uh, where this season's gonna end? It's looking like those those three teams and probably West Ham. I think. Uh, we'll go. We'll, we'll go Jersey, and we'll we'll end up in like seventh or eight, and back in Europa Conference. Like that's what we. That's what we do. It looks like Arsenal. <laughs> it looks like Arsenal now, bro. The way we keep throwing away points. Yeah, I just don't like. I don't like that we have three games in hand. Not why, why, why not? Like, why? Two of them is like no. Uh, three of them. It's Chelsea, Liverpool, yeah. and um, Spurs. Yeah, yeah so that's why I'm, I'm kind of still a little confident. But I think. And what? Yeah. Do, what do you think about Conte? I want to know your thoughts on Conte. Yeah, I I love the guy. Like, so. I, my folks split, they divorced when I was young, you know, like, I love my dad, got a good relationship with my pops, God bless him, but like, but like, like, he wasn't around as much when I was younger. And so Pochettino really sort of felt like my stepdad that I never had. Uh, So Conte will never be Pochettino for me, you know what I mean? Like, Papa Pochettino. Um, (laughs) but, But he's kind of like, my mom's like, cooler slicker savvier uh like boyfriend with a cool car that like <laughs> lets me have a can of beer from the fridge when we're watching football on the couch together so like like whatever he wants he can have it right like because he also has a history of winning um and like Mourinho we know we know that we'll have him for a certain amount of time and we know how it will end unlike Mourinho he, Conte will get toxic and bitter with the right people right? Not yeah. with the players and the fans like Mourinho does. Um, he'll, he'll come into conflict with the board, which yeah. is, yeah. you know, how it's supposed to work, right? The manager's supposed to argue with the board, the board, the board is being stingier or wants to sell a player because they can make a lot of money. You know, like it shouldn't be the, the manager should be advocating protecting his players, not, not poisoning the well in the dressing room, which is what, what Mourinho does everywhere he goes. He'll do it at Roma as well. I guarantee you. Um, so Conte, like, yeah, Give him, give him the money, like, and let him do what he wants. I think the media loves to play up the Daniel Levy is screwing the pooch again and, and fucking his managers. I don't think that there's as much of that going on as, as especially the media in the UK likes to make it out to be. Um, I think Conte is just like a fiery Latin man, and he's he's like a he's kind of like a cleaner cut Gattuso. Um, sometimes maybe shit, sometimes maybe good, right? Like, like, so instead of saying that, he's like, yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm too honest, right? And then he yeah, says, yeah. he says real, real talk. Uh, but I, I think, think Spurs needed that. I think Spurs like yeah. they need to hear that right now. Yeah, right. yeah, and and I think like let the, I I would love to let the media continue to play up this like narrative that he's going to leave any minute and that Harry Kane's going to go to Man City in the summer because like I actually don't think that either of those things are going to happen. Uh, and I think we're going to keep him. I think we're going to keep Harry Kane and we'll, we'll have, listen, January transfer windows are really fucking difficult to yeah. do well in. And 
Dan uh, Kulisevsky has scored twice in his three I like that boo. I like he's Yeah. Uh, Benson Kerr looks like a fucking player. Yeah. Um, you know, we have Romero, who's, who's like one of the world's best defenders right now. Uh, like, we've got a, a solid spot in the team. We got Sonny locked up. Um, you know, and we've got some exciting young youth coming up as well, like like with Sessignon. So, like, I think the team's fine. We'll have a, a good summer, and maybe we'll finally splash the money around. And uh, and and like, yeah, all all this will go away. The media will continue to will find some other narrative as to why yeah. Spurs are going to screw the pooch because he, the media loves to do that. Like, I don't know what it is, but people love to shit on Spurs, and I love it because it means that we live in their head rent free. <laughs> and they underestimate us, and and everybody's like, "How could this happen?" And it's like, "We've no, got a good team." 2018, well, yeah, that was overperforming. Like, Poch had players; he was getting a two and a half players that he had no business getting a two out of. Yeah, but yeah. like, but like, there were we were still a good team. Like, yeah. nobody likes to admit it, but apparently, Kieran Trippier is a good player, right? Like, yeah. he did well at, in Madrid. He's doing well at at, at Newcastle. Like, he did well for us. Like, so so it's it's I love it. Like like like. And that's also why I like I always just expect us to get Spursy and and to fuck it up and end up in model Europa jobs, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> then even if we make you uh, like Europa League, like you know, I'm happy. Yeah. And and I, I, I've I've finally gotten to a point. And maybe it's because like I've, I'm like I've got a good job now and like I've got a, a career and I've I've like you know I'm getting engaged and shit. Like like I'm, I'm in a different place right. in my life, but like. I don't let football like ruin my mood anymore. Like, so like if Spurs lose and, and bottle it, it's like, Oh, well, I guess we'll just bottle it again next year. Like, <laughs> I got 34 games next year to watch. Right. And again, it goes back to what I keep saying. Like it's, it's, it's not about the football. Like I love football and it's like, I love watching football and, and it's my favorite sport. And I, and, and I can literally sit and watch it all day. And like, the only reason I haven't gone and tried to like get a job in, in, in football somehow is because I think that it would ruin how much I love it yeah, and, and how special it is to me. So, but like, like, it's not about the football. The football is what is, is the purpose for everything else that surrounds it. Yeah. Uh and 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 I'm just like so addicted to it. Amazing. So it doesn't matter if Spurs are good, if Spurs are Spursy or Spurs win the win win the league and do the double or whatever. Like I don't you know, Spurs are they're still my Spurs and like yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll be happy and I'll gloat and I'll 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 for a little while and then the next season will start and every Saturday and Sunday I'll be having a heart attack sitting on my couch, like <laughs> stressing about it. Like it's it's life it just goes on so yeah. it's not about the results it's about the family exactly bro exactly but also shout out the darby keep... family if you're not following them yet yes get on keep the on like the yeah, darby boys yeah. like again are doing crazy things with the culture and like yeah. bringing more and more people into this wacky zany family that like that we haven't been able to reach and and, and like i love them for it. And, and they're so fucking talented as well yeah, like, they are, bro. damn i wish i had a group of guys is like i'm excited yeah. to see where they take that and it's exciting for me because when we started this experiment like 10 years ago, the goal was always to get to a place where like we didn't need to be the ones like, like we used to produce a, a fanzine and we would always hope like, like, oh, maybe someday somebody else will start up a fanzine so we don't have to do it and we can take that off our plate. And then here come along a group of guys that like get the vision and get, get it so clearly and like they just got it independently of us. Like, yeah. like 
I didn't have to like, like, like indoctrinate them. Like they came to it themselves. And so for them to now be like part of this, this engine pushing the, the, the culture forward, it's like, for me, like, that's so fulfilling. That's so satisfying. It means that this, this crazy project that the club, and I'll be honest, like a lot of the other supporter groups and people involved with support in Toronto said would never work 10 years ago is like, it's, 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 it's its own self-sustaining ecosystem as, as Kyle Becker kept saying at our bar after we beat Panama <laughs> fucking ecosystem, bro. I hope I didn't just put him on blast. Like I, Kyle, you're always welcome back, bro. Like, please come back and like have more drinks with us. Like that was, that was a great night. But like, he and I were talking about it. It's like, it's like we're, we're building this ecosystem and it's self-sustaining now yeah, and it's only yeah. getting stronger and it's only getting bigger. And, yeah. and the way that we continue to do that is like, this shit like this like what you guys are doing like yeah like i i probably hadn't seen you in in close to 10 years like since you you and i yeah. out on bluer street and i was yeah. looking at over the rainbow yeah like yeah. and then all of a sudden i'm like oh shit he's got a podcast like yeah, yeah. i want to listen to this and it, you're talking about the shit that me and my friends are talking about exactly independently yeah. we all so do it means yeah. that yeah. it means that the movement is growing and it's and it's like and it's not just the same group of people pushing it forward now now it's like it's it's snowballed and it's out of yeah. everybody's control and it's yeah. just going to go places. And, I, and it, I can't wait. Yeah. I love it, man. This shout out good. to Darby boys, man. Yeah, but Tagwa yeah. needs, Tagwa needs to chill out with the fucking Arsenal slander because Everton. Are- <laughs> <laughs> he's he's <laughs> young though. He's young, right? Like he when I was his me. age as well, watching football, like I was dropping C bombs and, and like, <laughs> just chatting bear shit about everybody. Um, you know that's that's part of being young. What Winston Churchill said: like if you're not a if you're not a a, a socialist in your twenties, then you're heartless. And if you're not a conservative by your forties, you you're you're brainless, right? Like it's sort of like and like I don't necessarily fully agree with this because I will go to my deathbed as a bleeding heart like lefty, right? Like 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 that's just who I am. But yeah. but like you you mellow out over age, and so he's got to find like. Like I just laugh because yeah. because it's just Tagwa being Tagwa so yeah. long. Like, like I love it. So I, I I like that's you guys and the Derby cast and the soccer pilgrim like weekly fucking listening. I like it's not I it's not a proper week if I'm not listening to that. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I love that, bro. Appreciate that. Man. So those are my rotation too. But no, dude, dude, this has been amazing. It's been one of my favorite, Mike. I think. Yeah, this has been fun, man. This has been good. real fun, bro. We'll do it again when we're in the playoffs and pushing for a title. A hundred percent. We'll have you back. Need you yeah, on it. We've got some really exciting stuff going on at the stadium this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell people. So, like, again, like the club, the club is like in a different place and they're, they're, they're much more collaborative now. And so we're hoping to do some really exciting stuff. I don't want to go into it too much right now, um, yeah. but we're trying to like all the groups after, you know, years of, of like, inner bickering and, and infighting because that's what happens when you get people together we're all united we're trying to build a real culture like uh, like amongst all the groups it's going to be called lakeshore terrace that's the south end everybody's welcome uh we're we're gonna have a bar at the stadium because they all lost their all the other groups have lost their bars so we're gonna have a, a bar that opens up i think an hour and a half before a game the stadium oh. we're trying to figure out how to get people in without like you know, having to like be a, a member of a group because yeah. we want we want to grow that. We want to like you know be able to sell our own merch at this at the stadium and, and right. make people bring people in, make them feel engaged. We're gonna start putting out words 
to songs and with 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 the the the, the actual chance on social media so keep your eyes out on that because yeah. we need the rest of the stadium learning these songs and like honestly i've got a google document with with 40 pages of new songs that nobody's ever heard so like and these need to see the light of day they, we got to get these bada bada songs going like these like yeah. south american songs so oh there's your flatmate in the back there hey the that's the crouch that's my that's my flatmate there um but uh but yeah like everybody just come to the stadium football yeah. isn't something to be watched by, from a screen like football is something to be lived yeah. everybody comes to the stadium everybody comes to the south end there is no capacity limit fuck capacity limits just sneak right in uh, somebody will put a flag in your hand and tell you to start jumping and and you'll yeah. be part of the family but we want the whole city singing with us because that's how we win cups that's how we win championships and that's how we build the community so for people, thank you guys for letting for letting yeah, me come yeah. out here no for sure bro for sure of course, bro. for people listening that want to possibly come in and check up and get those updates where could they see those updates so we're i get like Big things are happening. Inebriati is no more because we went to Ottawa and lit the field on fire with a couple of flares by accident. So uh, we've actually, like, we're not officially a group anymore. We've been part of the original 109 group for the last two years. We are uh, now sort of amalgamating and, and changing our name. Uh, so you'll see our name, probably our new name, probably on Saturday okay. uh, at the first home game. Uh, I don't want to spoil that surprise. Leave it, yeah. Uh, we'll leave that. But uh, but well, yeah, you guys will have a page. You have a page. Yeah, that, so we yeah. so they can follow our Instagram account. Okay. Uh, so that's Anebriati. So I N E B R I A T T I. Okay. Uh, Toronto Ultras. Like if you just like search up Toronto Ultras on yeah. on, on Instagram, like like uh, tons of our shit will come up. Um, they can follow uh, me on Instagram if they want. Ellie Zeldin. Yeah. Uh, if you slide into my dms i probably won't message you like i like uh, answer you like i'm i'm sorry i'm just being honest but like i try to get to them but like i get tons of messages so just like bear with me um and then we're 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 trying to migrate now everything to discord because i don't know what it is like apparently this is a gen z thing but apparently it's awesome it's like slack but better so so we're gonna we're gonna start putting out the word about uh about the discord then and you can get involved and we're gonna have a way for people to be able to access tickets if they don't have tickets get involved with tifo painting if they want to paint get involved like if you if you have a skill like if you if they're a drummer if they if they want to learn how to capo like definitely reach out to me because i i need some help like i'm i like it's it's a tough job to do um yeah, if you if you write songs, like this is a community. This is this is crowdsourced. So like everybody's ideas are welcome. Uh as long as they remember that that we fucking hate Montreal. <laughs> That's it, bro. That's it. Fuck MTL, man. But no, Ellie, thank you so much, bro. Thank you yeah, guys for having me. Thank awesome, you. And man. and keep keep doing this because this is so important for the culture. Yeah, we will for sure. And I hope I hope to be there and see you. Uh, you, March twenty seventh. I know you'll be you, there. You, you know where to find me. Just yeah. come right into the section. So you'll, and, we'll, yeah. Mike, we gotta get we gotta get you back to BMO Field. So like, yes. let's sort of go fund me to get Mike back there. <laughs> like I love that, bro. I can't wait to link up with you person. Absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna be in. I'm gonna be in Europe as well. Hopefully towards the end of the season. Uh, okay. So I'll, I'll let you know as well. And like, yeah, yeah. If I'm going to Genoa towards the end of the season, I'll, I'll make sure that you come along for that. Bro, that'd be an no. insane time. Yeah, yeah. I'm 100% down for that. Hit me up. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. That's been another episode of Just Outside Podcast, man. Myself, Keith McCubbin, and Mike Pavella. Later.